Hey, you're listening to the Design Doctor Podcast, where we diagnose design drama and talk about how to decorate, remodel, or build a home without losing your mind. I'm your host, Krisha Palmer, medical doctor turned interior designer and life coach. So come on in and have a seat. Let's talk. Are you a rule follower or are you a rebel? I think of myself as a little bit of both. When it comes to serious things like going to school, college, medical school, and even throughout my career, I'm more of a rule follower. But when it comes to artistic decisions like what am I going to wear or how am I going to decorate my house, I tend to be more of a rebel. If I know that everybody else is going to wear something specific, then I want to be different. If I think that everybody else is using a particular paint color in their house, then I definitely want to do something different. So I think of myself as a little bit of both. Recently, I designed a small apartment for a client in New York City. The space was tight. As you know, space in New York is very limited. And I decided to include nightstands that were pretty tall, much taller than the bed. That's definitely breaking a rule. I would never advise you to do that, but I intentionally broke that rule. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to explain why. I also broke a design rule recently when I placed two large pendants above my kitchen island instead of three. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's something in design called the rule of threes that says that odd numbers you know, three, five, seven, are generally more pleasing to the eye than even numbers. Still, I decided to go with two pendants above my kitchen island. Overall, when it comes to interior design rules, I'm really more of a follower. There are other designers who break the rules a lot. One who does this beautifully is Jeffrey Bilhuber. I see questions posted on social media frequently asking, is there a design rule for this? Or what's the rule for this particular situation? Is it okay to do this? So I thought that today, in today's episode, we'll talk all about interior design rules, why there are rules to begin with. We'll talk about what are some of those rules, when you can break the rules, and how to use design rules to help you instead of slow you down. So let's start with why these rules even exist, because ultimately, all of this is pretty subjective, right? But I like thinking about them more loosely. Instead of rules, I think about them as guidelines or best practices. It's really analogous to like your standard of practice for your area of medicine that's accepted by all of the experts in that field. So why do we even have design rules? Like, where do they come from? Did someone just randomly decide that, you know, three looks better than two? Well, most of them, especially when it comes to scale and proportion, originated in ancient Egypt and ancient Greece. So rules were really important to the ancient Greeks, and beauty and function were equally as important. And most of them actually originated because they're functional, They focus on the ergonomics of how we live and move in a space, and so they make life more comfortable. They're not just random or arbitrary. There's actually a purpose behind each rule. An example of a few of these are 
standard countertop height and depth. They're standard because they're most comfortable for most people, unless you're really short, of course, or, or unless you're really tall. Others are more subjective. But for a novice, someone that's new at decorating, they can make the decorating process a lot easier, and they're really there to guide and help you. More subjective examples would be the rule of threes that I mentioned before. The rule that all rooms should be balanced in some way or that less is more. These more subjective rules are really based on what we call the elements and principles of design. If you've studied art, the elements and principles of design and art are essentially the same. There's a lot of overlap there. So it's based on what most people view as most aesthetically pleasing, and that can actually influence how you feel in a space. So I want to point out the difference between an interior design rule and an interior design trend. So a rule is something that's been established for a long time. It's long lasting and it's pretty much universally agreed on within the design world. On the other hand, trends, design trends ebb and flow. They're dependent on what's popular at the moment and they're really a marketing tactic. So what are some of these rules? I'm gonna give you some examples. So many include dimensions, the ones that are really important for function and being comfortable in a space. Things like how much clear space do I need around my dining table? How high should I hang my bath vanity sconces? How high should I hang my art? How much clear space do I need around my kitchen island? And what nightstand height do I need next to my bed? Other rules are related more to how things feel and look. They're more aesthetic. So the rule of threes, of course, odd numbers look better than even numbers. Uh, You always need at least one bathtub in the house. Every room should be balanced. And just the concept that less is more. These are just a few examples. There are many, many, many more. But I want to I wanted to mention them and I want to move on to when you can break the rules because we know these rules exist. We know that they've been around for a long time and we know that they have a purpose. So when can you break them? Well, Billy Baldwin, who was a very renowned designer, said the first rule of decoration is that you can break almost all the rules. <laughs> And that's true. You can break any rule you want because ultimately all of this is subjective, right? But one thing to consider is that he was a very experienced, very prominent designer. So my recommendation is you can start breaking the rules once you've mastered them. Or if you're somebody that's extremely gifted naturally in design and decorating, go ahead and try it. But you don't want to break a rule just to break a rule. There needs to be a rationale. There needs to be a reason behind it. Josh Steimel said, if you break a rule, break it on purpose. That includes this rule. Matshona Daliweo said, bend the rules only if you have learned them. Break the rules only if you have mastered them. And I totally agree. These rules are meant to help you. So once you've mastered them, and once you have a better understanding of what works and what doesn't work, then you can go on to break the rules. Alexandra de Garadel Theron said, I work on the assumption that a house is successful if it is pleasant to live in. 
And ultimately, that's our best criteria, right? Is it something that's going to make you comfortable and make you feel good in your home? If so, and you've mastered those design rules, go ahead and break them. So I want to just summarize here. If you and the ones that you live with all agree on breaking a certain rule, and you have a vision in your head that warrants it, and you feel good about wanting to do something different, and you're proud of your decision, and it's coming from a very confident place, then I say, go ahead and break the rule. The example that I shared with you at the beginning of this episode on the tall nightstands in the New York City bedroom is one example. So I want to explain to you why I did this. This room was extremely small and overall the apartment is very small and there's very minimal storage. So the room was so tight that we really needed to maximize storage. There was not room for all the pieces ideally I would put into that room. So what I decided to do was use taller chests with more vertical storage with multiple drawers as nightstands rather than smaller, shorter nightstands that would be, you know, the same height as the mattress. One drawback to this is that when you're in bed, you've got to reach up to reach whatever's on your nightstand. So I had a very honest discussion with my client, this is sort of a trade-off. We need storage. This is one of the best ways to get it, but you're going to have to reach up to reach for something on your nightstand. So I made them very aware of that, and I gave them an option. I said, we could have storage chests or, you know, bedside chests, tall, custom-made, with a small pull-out shelf that's recessed into the cabinet that you just pull out that provides that bedside surface that's on the same level as the mattress. So that was the more expensive option, but I presented them with both, and they decided, you know what, I think we're good with just doing the taller bedside chest. We want the storage, and it's no big deal if we have to kind of reach up for things on top of that. So I gave them both options. Those were great, two great solutions. So in that case, I intentionally and thoughtfully broke that rule. So if you're considering breaking a design rule, just really think, what's your rationale behind that decision? Are you confident in it? Is it going to make life more comfortable for you and the people that you live with? And if so, then go ahead and break the rule. So let's talk about another scenario. If you're trying to decide whether to break a rule and it's not necessarily ideal for the people who are going to be using the space or your family, maybe it's not going to be as comfortable, but you're wanting to do it because it's going to save money. And that's the primary reason. And you kind of feel bad about doing it and you're kind of dreading it. And it's not necessarily a part of your vision, but you feel like there's not another option. Then I would definitely kind of put things on hold and really reconsider breaking that rule. An example of this would be in that New York City apartment that I was designing, if there had been plenty of room there, let's just say the room was bigger, but these particular nightstands were on sale and we wanted a cheaper option and we thought, oh, we'll just make them work even though they're tall. That's a situation where I would not make that decision. I would not base my choice on that. So the next time you're considering things and you know you want to do something that's maybe, you know, pushing the envelope when it comes to design rules, just take a look at your reason. Do you have a good reason? Is it going to be really comfortable for you? 
And why are you doing it? Really think about those things before you break the rule. All right, let's move on to how the rules can help you instead of slow you down. Because when we really consider these guidelines or best practices thoughtfully, they really should make decorating easier for us. They're called guidelines for a reason because they easily guide us towards solutions. But often, just like with everything else, we we often use them against ourselves, right? They can actually slow us down because we get so fearful. Ooh, is this against the rules? Am I going to do something wrong? Am I going to make a mistake? And so then we kind of spin in indecision and we don't do anything. And that slows us down. The most common action that we take when we're spinning in fear of breaking a rule or doing something wrong is no action at all, right? That analysis paralysis and we don't do anything. So use the rules that you're aware of. If you're not sure about it, look it up. You can Google it. If you don't find anything, don't worry about it. (laughs) There's probably not a rule about that. If there's nothing obvious, just make a decision and move on. Interior design rules are meant to be helpful, not a hindrance. So whether you're a rule follower or a rebel, chances are there's going to be situations in your home where you're wondering about breaking an interior design rule. So let these different ideas be your guide. And if you need help with it, I have a great resource that I've put together for women physicians. It's called the High Yield Guide to Decorating for Doctors. And it lists all the best practices, standards, and guidelines that you probably have questions about in one concise little book. So that if you have a question, you can just look it up and find out how much clear space you need around your kitchen island or how much clear space you need around your dining table. I also throw in some of my favorite paint colors and a little guide on pattern mixing. So if you want that free guide, the link is in the show notes, so you can go there and get that for free. I hope this is helpful for you, and happy decorating, and I'll see you next week. If you're a woman physician who loves all things design and decorating, be sure to check out my private Facebook group, House Calls for Physicians, Or you can visit my website at www.housecallsforphysicians.com.